0: I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, on today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are talking about how we can help our kids actively pursue an independent relationship with Jesus. I've heard it firsthand from many parents, so many parents, that they have no idea where to start, so we are going to dive in. Let's go. Well, beginning at home, children not only learn God's Word, but also begin to love God's Word and put God's ways into practice in every part of life. And ultimately, the goal of our teaching as parents is to help our children cultivate a lifelong personal relationship with Jesus. Now, last week, we talked a lot about Bible study basics. This week, we want to talk about what that really looks like to help our children cultivate that personal relationship with Jesus. Third John 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So it's one thing to learn the Bible. It's a whole other thing to walk in. In what we've learned. So, of course, here he's referring to Christians, but this really is the heart of every Christian parent. There's no greater joy than to know that your kids have a real and vibrant faith. It's what we work so hard for and ultimately trust God for. And so, so today we're going to talk about how we can help our kids. Cultivate a faith of their own. Wow, this can be hard because so many times I feel like it's like, oh, but I just want you to just like you want to just put your own faith on your kids, and really, I mean, as they get older, you're like, well, I am just giving this over to you, Lord. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like I surrender all, as the
1: old hymn says. Totally, it is hard. I mean, I um, you know, I think you're you're right. I think the the, the desire. I mean, when our kids are young, I mean, we're just doing all the things that that God calls us to do, and we're faithful mm. in those little things, those basics that we talked about in the last episode. And yet, as we've said all along, there comes a point where ultimately this is God's work, right? And it, it, all of us are saved by His grace, and so that can be really scary. And and I would just say, because I am sure that we have listeners that have kids that are that are grown, that they're out of the house, they're in college, mm. or maybe they're they're grown, they have families of their own, and they feel like the prodigal parent. You know, They're, they're the parent of a prodigal child. Mm. And as a pastor, I, I have, have talked with numerous people over the years that have been in that situation. They um, either feel like they didn't know what we we're talking about, they wish they could go back and parent differently, mm. or they would say, you know what, I believe everything that you're saying, and we even did those things in our home, and our kids still are not walking with Jesus today. Right. And that is so, um, for a parent that's in that place, That, that can be so discouraging and so disheartening. And, and so I would just say to the listener that maybe finds themselves Mm. in that position today, like God is not done with your son or your daughter. And you just never know how Mm -hmm. God is going to bring somebody else into their life. Um, and, and how God is going to use that person to bring that person back to faith in Jesus or back to the church. Mm. And so I would just say to those of you that maybe are in that position, like, don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Keep praying keep trusting God, um, and don't, don't lose heart. And, and so it, it is, as you were quoting, you know, third John four, I mean, there's just no greater joy than to know your son or daughter's walking mm-hmm. in the truth. And there's also no greater pain to right. know that they're not. And oh, so um, yeah.
0: uh, So we really
1: want to talk, you know, today about how then do we, for those of us that have kids that are still in the home, that are still growing, they're still under our care. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're going to at least release them in a year or four years or 10 years. Like how do we begin, or continue cultivating um, a life uh, that is centered on Jesus and and one that is really theirs and not just ours. Right.
0: And I think, though, what you mentioned was so important for us to remember what relief comes from knowing that it isn't all up to us. Right. You know, and I, I think we just have to remember that we do what we can Ultimately, God loves our kids so much more than we do. He is going to work in their lives. And so we can trust him. We just, be, we, we just need to be faithful in teaching and cultivating that faith, um, but he ultimately is in control. Yeah. And I think, you know, I
1: think one of the things that we've talked about before, we just want to state again, you know, as we, as we talk more practically about how we do that for our kids, how do we help them cultivate a relationship of their own is really keeping in mind that difference between pressuring our our kids to follow Jesus and preparing our kids to follow Mm, Jesus. Yeah. I think you know what what happens. Um, I know it, it can happen in my own heart. Is that you know you have a good desire, such as you want your kids to walk in the truth, you want them to know Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and that desire can become a demand, and we want it um, so badly because it's a good thing, um, and God wants it. You know, God wants our kids to, to come to know Him and to love Him and to respond to His grace. But if we're not careful, that good desire can become a demand. And we can become, um, you know, very uh, domineering in our parenting mm. or controlling. Uh, we can legalistic. get legalistic. We can become rigid. Um, and so we have to be so careful that in our parenting, we're not pressuring our kids to follow Jesus out of a, out of a good desire. We, we want them to know God's word. We want them to, to love Jesus and to, to love the church. And even a good desire can become a dangerous thing if we're not careful. And so we've talked about before, just that idea of not pressuring our kids to follow Jesus, but really preparing them. And that's really mm-hmm. what we've been talking about, of just modeling a, a real vibrant faith of our own, teaching our kids the Bible, I mean, being committed to a local church. I mean, all of those things that we've been talking about, you know, loving our neighbor, living on mission in the world. What we're doing when we do that is we're really preparing our kids to follow Jesus. We're, we're showing them mm-hmm. and teaching them that following Jesus is the good life. You know, John ten right. ten, 10, a verse we've quoted many times, you know, Jesus says, I've come to give you life and a life that is more abundant. I mean, mm. the good life is walking with God. Um, the abundant life, the flourishing life is knowing God. I haven't counseled anybody in 20 years of ministry that's wrecked their life because they've loved Jesus, uh, um, yeah. where it's been the opposite. The, the counseling I've done has been people that, that uh, unfortunately have, have disobeyed God or, or wanted to be their own God, and mm. they, they've lived life on their own terms. And we know that that doesn't bring an abundance. It doesn't bring mm. the flourishing life. It oftentimes brings separation, pain, brokenness, uh, isolation. Mm-hmm. And so we want as parents to be modeling and teaching our kids what it looks like to follow mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, to prepare them one day to go, you know what, that's what I want in my life. That's what I want in my marriage. It's what I want in my family.
0: Yeah, and I think of how it reminds me of how many times we have said to our kids, this might not make sense to you right now. You know, why we're teaching you this or telling you this might not make sense to you now. But you'll be so thankful later on in yeah. life when you're older you'll be so thankful that mom and dad that that we made this really important right. that we had this certain rule or that we you know showed you to live in this certain way because I, again there's so much that I mean think about when, when I, I think about when I was younger a lot doesn't make sense you're like whatever you know what I mean <laughs> um, and it's, so you can't expect your kids to even understand why some of what God's word teaches us and like how to live the good life why that's even important now because a lot of that, it won't make sense till they're older, but we have told our kids over and over again that truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think it's what you're saying. You know, I think one of the things that we need to remember is, you know, Psalm one really begins with that contrast between living this way and living that way, Mm. um, between obedience and disobedience, between blessing and curse. And so I think that's so important for us as, as, I mean, just as followers of Jesus, but but as parents, I mean, I think when that's your perspective of helping your kids say, there's really only two ways to live, mm, yeah. um, that we either obey God or disobey God. We either stay in relationship with him or break relationship with him. Mm. But this is so much bigger than just um, keeping, you know, rules on, on a page. This is about walking with God and experiencing the blessing that he has for us. Mm-hmm. And so I think even from a young age, helping our kids understand that perspective that, um, that obedience is about enjoying the blessings of God, that mm-hmm. there's a right way to live and a wrong way to live. And when we walk with God, we experience the blessing, the mm-hmm. flourishing, the abundance. But when we disobey God, when we break relationship with him, we experience the curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we experience the brokenness that mm-hmm. comes, the pain that comes. And I think you see that theme throughout scriptures. You, you see that at the very beginning, Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's mm-hmm. like a tree that's planted by streams of water. Mm-hmm. There's a flourishing, abundant life. And I think just communicating that perspective to our kids helps them to understand maybe in, in a different way the importance of listening to God, trusting him, and walking mm-hmm. with him.
0: Yeah, as you're saying all this, I'm just, literally, that is that has been the thing that we have said over and over and over to our kids. Yeah. As they've gotten old. I mean, Psalm 1 is one of the first passages that we had our kids memorize. And we, I mean, if there's one thing that we keep coming back to, it's that. You know, when you live in the way of God, you experience it. You experience the good life, you experience the flourishing life and not that you won't experience suffering in right. life but but you save yourself from so much hurt and pain when you follow God's way and God's word
1: and we you know we live in a culture that that doesn't you know i think the ancients believed that there was a certain grain to the universe mm. and to live consistently with that grain um, things went well for you um, mm. it's what some of the ancient greek philosophers called the you know, the flourishing life and to go against the grain um, was to incur, you know, the consequence of that. And so, you know, we just live in a culture that is telling our kids and even telling us as parents, you just do whatever you want, whatever feels good, whatever desires you right. have. And, and yet God has given us his word. He, he's revealed his character. He's revealed what is right and wrong, that that's not subjective, that that is objective. It's true for all people in all places at all times. And there's a blessing that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, you think about the teachings of Jesus. I mean, that's the way he taught um, it was, uh, he was, as others have called, he was, you know, he was a virtue ethicist. He believed that to not worry, you know, was to live in freedom and to mm-hmm. live in joy. And so to obey God, to trust God, there, there was fruit that came from that, for example. And so, yeah, I think just, it's so important. I think as we think about helping our kids, preparing them to choose Jesus mm-hmm. is helping them realize that there really is a blessing that, that comes with walking with God. There's a peace, there's a joy, there's a freedom, all of those things that come when we walk, um, according to the grain that God mm-hmm. has established in his word and uh, according to his character.
0: Yeah. And I think if anything in our culture today, we have minimized, um, the holy walk, right? right. We've, we've minimized living a holy set apart life. And I think this is what is so hard to impart to your kids, because of the culture we live in, and because of you know they're surrounded by people. We're all surrounded by people um, that are even Christians who are not necessarily living set apart. Right. And I think when we talk about Psalm one, and that is in our conversation. That's why that's been in our conversations for years, is because it's it always comes back to this is why we don't do this. This is, you know what I mean? This is why we live in this way um, because we are set apart and I, it doesn't matter that your friend is allowed to do this or, you know, that, we live according to God's word. And I just, I just, I feel like, wow. So we're transitioning into the practical here. Um, this is so practical. And I, I didn't even plan this, but you know, I mean, to, to just know that this is a way that you can teach your kids um, to live differently. and And part of living differently, obviously, well, it's all the foundation of it is really then helping them have that personal relationship with Jesus. So let's transition here. To the practical things we can do, which of course we already started because we started talking about Psalm 1, but the practical things we can do to help our kids have a personal relationship with Jesus. And like we stated, you know, helping them understand what it looks like to live set apart in holy lives, I think is the beginning because that's where the conflict comes so often um, in following Jesus.
1: I think, you know, where we where we started was just, I think, one of the ways that we begin incorporating that into our own family and, and hopefully in the life of our son or daughters we make that a priority, you know, within our family. Yes. And so, you know, as we talked about in that last episode of just making God's word, making God time, um, making time for God's word, studying it together, reading it together, mm-hmm. a priority as a family. And so I would say that's step one um, is really just, is really, um, you know, creating that rhythm, that priority as a family. So that then as they get older and they're able to begin reading the Bible on their own, which we'll talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. um, that's something that they just have seen, they've been a part of, that's just normal for them. Mm-hmm. And again, by God's grace and, and what God is doing in their life at that time, that becomes something that they, they want to do, not just, you know, have to do mm-hmm. uh, because they're six or seven or eight years old.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Um, and I think, you know, uh, again, last week we talked about those Bible study basics and and helping your kids learn God's word. But The information that we learn in the Bible, that's not enough, you know, like we want it to actually get in your heart in their hearts, in our own hearts as well and change us. And so I think that's where, you know, just helping them understand that this is like a daily walk with Jesus is really, really important. And he invites us into this life to follow him and live for his purposes
1: you know I think one of the when you said that it, it reminded me of one of the earliest um, and probably most frequent descriptions of, of what it means to to live for God is just that a walk you mm. know and you just think about the very beginning of the story very beginning of the Bible mm-hmm. and um, it, it says that that um, you know Adam could hear you know God walking in the garden and that's, mm-hmm. of course that's a little bit of a paraphrase and I love that because the, the fact that he knew what God, walking in the garden sounded like Mm -hmm. suggested that God had been walking in the garden with him many, many times before. Mm. And so that description of, of having faith of living for God is at the very beginning, you know, described as a walk with God, uh, Adam Mm. and Eve walked with God in the garden. And you see that, you know, throughout the scriptures, Noah is another good example, you know, in Genesis chapter six, six, he walked with God. Mm. And so, yeah, I think helping our kids just not only study God's word, know God's word, memorize scripture, but now walk it out, live it out as a family. And so we, we recognize that, you know, that we as a, a family, we're, we're helping our kids, um, uh, you know, live for God. And mm-hmm. that might look like, you know, uh, taking food to a neighbor who's just had a child or somebody that's sick. I mean, it's living on mission. It's walking out this faith that we have. And it's not just learning Bible facts. That's not enough. We're, we're not yeah. after just information. We're after transformation. And God does that work through the power of his spirit. And um, and I think one of the important things that we can do to cultivate that life uh, of God in our son or daughter is by walking it out with them while they're younger and as they're getting older mm, that's uh, so to really good. put on display what it looks like to live for God in the world.
0: Also, I think um, another practical way is just helping our kids get involved in serving and reaching out to others. We, our kids have been, maybe this is because you're a pastor, so <laughs> we're all in this together, right. which we love. Um well, I think they love it, don't you? They've always they been do. involved. They, they do. They um, definitely <laughs> have helped out in the children's ministry for a long time. Um, as they've gotten older, actually, it's been kind of fun to see the, you know, they, they're they excited to help out. Um, Noah cool. helps out with the elementary. He's, um, how old is Noah?
1: Noah's 14.
0: <laughs> I always forget my kids' <laughs> No, I always am like, is he thirteen or fourteen? He just turned fourteen. So he helps out with the elementary. Bella helps out in the nursery. She's seventeen almost seventeen. Um and then Tyler this has been so fun. He's in a young adults ministry and this, um, this year they've been helping out, um, the homeless by feeding them and and giving them clothes. It's been really cool to see him get involved that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think those are all such important ways for kids to encounter Jesus, to live for him, to put their faith into action. And they're also Mm -hmm. discovering the gifts that God has given them.
0: Mm, That's a good point. And so,
1: you know, you just, I, I think, As a parent, just, you know, helping your child understand, oh, God wants to use you no matter how old you are. Um, You know, this is part of of God working through you. And and so that, I think, can be a really, really helpful way for just God continuing to mold them and shape them and, Mm -hmm. and draw them into a deeper relationship with him. And so I think you're exactly right. I mean, serving within your local church, going on a mission strip, maybe. I know there's yeah. families that have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were describing, just you know, serving locally within your community is our oldest son Tyler has, has done that uh, with a college ministry that he's involved in. Mm-hmm. And of course, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, just then as a family, I mean, just living on mission in your neighborhood. Oh, um, that's a, and I think that's yeah, one of the things definitely. that we have loved to do is, is the whole family's been a part of, of planting a church here in Ann Arbor. I mean, we've had our neighbors into our home. We've taken food over to neighbors. Yep, given them and little so, like
0: Christmas, you know, cookies and things, and the kids love to be a part of that.
1: Well, I think just for our kids to see that again—that's mm. that's the abundant life that God has called us to. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to live for Jesus. It's fun to live on mission. It's, it's fun to to take risks and mm-hmm. and to talk to people or to share our faith. And so I think those are the kinds of things that, that we're talking about here under this next practi- well, practical step.
0: Yeah, because I think then they see firsthand. I mean, how cool is it? I know how cool it is for myself to see, you know, a neighbor who you who maybe is a little, you know, kind of standoffish or not, re- you know, really talkative. And then as you slowly reach out to them and you have them over, like to see the change in them. Yeah. I just love that. I mean,
1: we, we've experienced that just recently. Maybe we've talked about that already, but, but um, a neighbor, their family that we've uh, lived close to for, for, you know, almost five years now, mm-hmm. and they've recently started coming to church. And, oh, um, and so, so just to see that, to experience that, to know, This is a family we have been loving and just trying to be a good neighbor to and Mm -hmm. praying for. And now for our kids to see God answer that prayer and to see the whole family beginning to come to church over the last six months has been incredible. Yeah, and so uh, those are, again, mm-hmm. just some, uh, you know, another practical way yep. to cultivate um, a faith that, that is our child's own and not just ours.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, also, we, we kind of mentioned this last week, but encouraging God time on their own. And so I think I said this last week, I'll say it again. It's okay to ask your child, you know, are you doing your devotions? Have you been reading your Bible? Um, every year, what we do with our kids around Christmas time well for Christmas we get them a new devotional and a new journal for the year and there's just something about that I think that um is motivating to them yeah to have I mean think of how special it is for yourself to get a new devotional it's you know you're like oh okay so I think things like that really help encourage our kids to do God time on yeah. their own and
1: I think that you know the trick there is is to make that natural and not feel like you're you know you're um you know, picking on them, I think, you know, to right. say things such as, right. you know, what has God been teaching as you, as you know, you've been doing, you know, God time on your own this week, you've been going through this devotion, but are there some things that, that God's really been speaking to you about? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's maybe some softer ways too, as a parent, uh, or if you know, you're just, if um, you're like
0: me, are you doing your devotions <laughs> when they're having a bad attitude? And sometimes that's, you haven't a, been yeah, doing, exactly. are you reading your Bible? No.
1: <laughs> sometimes that's appropriate. Absolutely. <laughs> But no, I think that's so, I mean, I was just at Barnes Noble this week trying to find another devotional for Noah because he finished Mm -hmm. the one that, that we had gotten him you know, early in the year, like you were describing. And so I think, you know, is, is again, as our kids are going through different situations, you know, maybe you have a, a son or daughter that's having a real struggle with friends. Mm. And so finding a, a devotional that, that speaks to that topic mm. or to that issue, or yep. um, is Tyler starting to date now? Oh, um, yeah. You know, uh, we've recently uh, bought several books for him. Yep. And so, you know, I think that's a really important thing too, to keep mm-hmm. in mind as our kids are getting older and they're going through different seasons or circumstances. You know, choosing those devotions um, that that are you know kind of consistent with what they're going mm-hmm. through can can really be, I think, helpful.
0: And you mentioned books. That's a definitely something we've done over the years. Um, is just going through a book together, especially books like *The Case for Christ*. Or you know what I mean? Or yeah. I, is there the case for faith? As yeah, the well? case
1: for faith. Yeah, there's a whole series there, not only for adults but um, for for kids, for kids mm-hmm. which are fantastic. And I think those are great. You know, we were talking in the last episode about how when your kids are young, like you're just trying to give them one cheerio at a time, mm. and they think very concretely. But as our kids are getting older, um, they're thinking more abstractly. And so we, we really need, especially the the day and age that we're living in we really need to help our kids not just know what they believe, but know why they believe it. Mm, right. And so you know, you have sons or daughters that are going to go off to a campus. And I don't mean just a secular campus. I mean, some Christian mm-hmm. colleges today have become some secular or have become just as secular in some ways mm-hmm. as uh, you know a state school. And so it's equipping our kids in heart and mind to not only know what they believe, but know why they believe mm-hmm. it. And we need to be training our kids, teaching our kids, um, On issues like abortion Mm -hmm. um, you know sexuality Uh, those issues are are so important as we think about race relations in our culture I mean just helping our kids have a biblical worldview as it relates to issues on on life and sexuality Mm -hmm. and race and there's others and so I think there's some great resources like that uh, the case for faith in particular that you were talking about Mm -hmm. that can be really really helpful Mm
0: -hmm. yeah also just music or apps there's videos music apps um So worship has been a big part, I feel like, for our kids of them really um, making their faith their own. Tyler loves music. Well, our whole family does. Um, But he has gotten really involved with worship um, at the church, which has been so awesome. Um, But I think, you know, back to when they were littler, uh, like Seeds Family Worship. That's that's scripture to music, like things like that. I feel like our we don't realize the power that that right. can have. Even our youngest daughter Sophia, who is twelve, she loves Seeds Family Worship. Um, so just things like that, I feel like we don't realize the impact that can have. And then there's apps. Um, there's apps that have, you know, different, e- it's e- either worship or they have prayers or devotions. Um, we'll make sure you know, we Bible put
1: reading a reading plan, you Bible know, U- version, obviously. Yeah. Um, we've all done you version
0: Bible reading plans together. So I'll make sure that in the show notes, I put some links to some of these things we're talking about.
1: Well, I think the last, you know, thing you know, that is so important in, you know, just that, that relationship, you know, relationship, relationship, relationship. Mm, and so I think yeah. just maintaining that relationship, especially as they get older and enter those teen years and and young Mm -hmm. adult, I think just maintaining and cultivating a healthy relationship with your, Mm -hmm. your son or your daughter. And as God gives you opportunity, um, you know, as we've talked about, you know, to, to talk God's word or to speak God's word into their life or to their situation. I think what we're after is we're not just after behavior, but we're after the heart. Yeah. And I think that's where the relationship becomes so important and we're asking questions about, hey, well, you know, what's going on, you know, in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are you feeling right now? What are mm-hmm. you thinking? Yeah. And are you discouraged? Are you scared? You know, just we're 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 aiming for the heart, and and it creates a great opportunity again for us to speak truth or God's love or His grace mm-hmm. into the heart of a of a son or a daughter mm-hmm. uh, again. in um, that relationship it really gives us that opportunity.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I think being available. Even when maybe it's not convenient, <laughs> like I think about every, I try to go to sleep at night, and that's yeah. when Bella wants to talk to me. It was easy when they were young. Me. You just put them in bed at,
1: <laughs> at you know six thirty and feed them, and you're, you're good you to go. The, but, yeah,
0: you got the whole night. Well, now, now. They, they
1: want to stay up till eleven o'clock. Oh but goodness. you're right, though. I think those kinds of things, especially as your kids get older, you're really yeah. You you think about the life of Jesus. How many times his life was interrupted? Mm, um, you know, that could be a whole yeah. book. You know, divine wow. interruptions, and you know, you just think about how many times. Uh, You know, as a parent where you're planning to do one thing, you're planning to go to bed or you just got in bed, you're going to read and and your 17 year old comes up and just plops himself or herself down on your bed and wants to talk. And it's like, Mm. oh, this, this is, you know, this isn't 30 minutes of of Bible time right after dinner. This is something God's going to use. And just seeing those opportunities, not as an interruption, but a great Mm. invitation to speak into your son or daughter. And as our kids get older, there's, I think many more of those opportunities Mm -hmm. that that can exist. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not the plan the conversations. It's those things that we perceive sometimes as an interruption that Mm -hmm. God can really use to, to continue cultivating a life of faith and the relationship between a son or a daughter.
0: Mm, I love that. And I, I, I'm, right now thinking of the parent who has really little kids and they can't even imagine this, you know, they can't even imagine getting to the point where they're having these conversations with their kids. And I just want to encourage you that, oh, it's so cool. Isn't it, honey? I just love it. Like when, as they've gotten older, like here we are with kids who are, I mean, our oldest is almost 19. um, And it's just amazing to see all of this the time that we've put into raising them to love the Lord. Um, it's amazing to have these conversations now. Yeah, the
1: fruit of that. I mean, one of the f- my favorite things to do, and we've talked about this before, of just, you know, sitting on the couch as a family, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's planned. A lot of times it's not. We, we're all together, and we're mm-hmm. laughing. or telling stories. And, right. And it's like, oh, like, you just sometimes lose sight of that, or right. can lose sight of yep. that, because it's so busy. It's so hectic. It's mm-hmm. so overwhelming when they're younger.
0: But the, and you have to be, be able here. to see the
1: fruit of that, you yeah. know, where you kids Kids, in many ways, are becoming friends, and mm-hmm. you get to see their personalities mm-hmm. and their gifts, and um, and that is such a su- such a blessing as it a parent it, to, begin and it'll to see be, that.
0: It'll be here in a blink, and that's what I just want to say <laughs> to every parent that has younger kids. Well, friend, this is oh, this has been so good. We are so grateful you have joined us. If we haven't met yet, we want to get to know you, so be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. Also, don't forget that everything we talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. Again, we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. And one thing that would help us out immensely is if you would leave a review or rating and share this podcast with your friends. We'd be so, so grateful for your help in getting the word out. All right, friend. Well, we will chat soon and we hope you have the best week.